How are we going, mates? Welcome back to the Top Step. My name is Ryan Roland Smith. I'm about to be joined by Grant Balfour. We have got a great show today. We've got our first guest joining us. It is MLB All Star Kirby Yates. He's with the Padres the last couple of years. Signed a one year deal with the Blue Jays this year, but he had to have Tommy John surgery. But amazing story. Got to the big leagues when he was 27, struggled a little bit, and then he figured something out. We dive into all of that. Also, talk about Fernando Tatis, Vlad Jr., two guys he's been around a lot. And besides Kirby, obviously the word of the day, we've got the our Aussie segment. We talk about Charlie Morton fracturing that fibula too. When did it happen? What's it like to pitch through pain? We saw him face a couple of hitters after that comeback. So a lot to get to. Before we do that, press pause, go subscribe, go tell your mates, go follow us on social media at the Top Step Podcast. All right, you've done all that. Let's get into it. Enjoy this episode. Grant Balfour and Kirby Yates joins me right here on the Top Step. No matter what happens, Ryan Roland Smith has something to tell his grandkids right here. First appearance of the big leagues. Face <laughs> hey, a Hall, Hall of Famer. Famer. <laughs> Especially if he strikes them out. Here comes the one-two pitch to Junior now. The breaking ball. He struck him out. Yeah, that will be a story for the rest of his life. As he strikes out Ken Griffey Jr. And the inning is over. But what an inning it was. And six. Victor Martinez and Grant Balfour join in benches have cleared. My goodness. This this is Grant Balfour being Grant Balfour. Yeah. He he is, as you mentioned, Jim, he's amped up. He talks a lot. It's not personalized, but he talks a lot. In fact, he has the demeanor of a guy that wants to fight you. You'll never say that I'm not killing them. Kill, kill, killing them. Killing them. Kill, kill, killing them. Killing them. Doing my hell yeah. Weekend. Oh yeah, mate. Bloody beautiful. The weather down here is just starting to dry out. The humidity is starting to uh, take off, and um, it's starting to get really nice down here. I love this time of the year down here in Florida, mate. Are you wearing a jumper? Nah, mate. No jumper yet. Um, jumper weather down here is not till probably December. Uh, mate, you right. might catch a day or two. All right. Yeah. So we're gonna do. By the way, that wasn't the word of the day. We are gonna do the word of the day. This is from Darren King. Kingy, oh, I yeah. appreciate it, mate. All right, Grant, the word of the day is Sanger. Sanger. Love it, mate. Love a good Sanger. Now, a Vegemite <laughs> Sanger, Vegemite sandwich, right? Now, basically, yep. a Sanger is a sandwich. Vegemite yep. Sanger is just a layup, mate. But we need to start using yep. a couple variations here. So, first of all, this is why King Darren King over in at the Facebook group, he gave this great phrase. So, we need to figure out how to use this in a phrase. Nick down a Bunnings for a sausage Sanger. Now, first of all, <laughs> what is what is a Bunnings? Uh, Bunnings is a hardware store. So basically, it's your Home Depot or your Lowe's. So basically, at the front of yeah. Bunnings, I have a sausage sanger most days. I'm guessing. I think it might yeah. be on the weekend. I might have to check. I know I'm going to get roasted here again for, for butchering yeah. that. But they, well, basically while, put, they basically put on a sausage, sausage sanger out the front. Rip yeah. in. It's basically a sausage inside. You just get the one piece of bread, kind of yeah. on an angle. Hold it in half. Bit of Tommy sauce. Yeah, that's it. Some ketchup, tomato sauce in there, and away you go, down the hatch. When he says you're going to nick down there too, he means you're just going to duck down there. I'm just going to... Hey, I'm, I'm looking up real quick. How much, mate? What are they charging? It, it, back in the day, it'd be two bucks. Probably gone up to about three bucks nowadays, isn't it? I'm hoping that Bunnings has done the right thing here. Oh, here we go. Look at this, 250. Look at that. 250, there you go. The greatest food you can find in Australia, a barbecued sausage in a piece of Woolies brand bread with optimal fried <laughs> onions and some Tommy sauce for a great bargain at 250 250 for a sausage sanger these days. Nice piece of bread there, mate. Nothing better. There you go. So if anyone's hungry, head down to Bunnings, Bunnings Warehouse, grab a piece of four by two and uh, <laughs> grab your sausage sanger on the way out. Yeah, when you're getting on the tools, get down to Bunnings, get your Bunnings snag. <laughs> anyway, all right. So that's the word of the day. Sanger, a Vegemite sandwich, or if you've got a peanut butter and in the States, you know, peanut jelly. butter and jelly Any sandwich. kind of sandwich, yeah. All right, Grant, so we've got a lot to get to. I do want to go back, before we get into anything and bring on our first guest who's coming up here shortly, I do want to just recap, and we're going to dive into the World Series and how these two, two teams got there and everything else, how they built their team. I want to go back to game one. Charlie Morton breaks his leg. Now, yeah. when you go on Twitter or social media or, you, you know, even watching the game and a, a lot of people, he had that comeback 102 mile per hour off the shin, right? 
Yeah. He stayed in the game. He ended up getting the next two outs, sits back down. He goes and gets x-rays in between innings. Must be nice to have that kind of resource behind the dugout there. And they, they don't really find a whole lot. They find some swelling. He comes back out. He's pitching Altuve. He strikes out Altuve. And on that pitch, you see him you know, go down and grab his leg. When you're looking at all the stuff on social media, everyone's saying, well, he faced three hitters on a broken leg. But I have been there before. You've had comebackers off the league, right? Yeah. Get that comebacker. It friggin' hurts, man. I had Mark Teixeira mm. hit drill a ball off me. Literally, it hit me on the shin, went all the way to third base. Adrian Beltre barehanded that thing in the end, threw, the, threw him out at first base. Right? Yeah. So they friggin' sting. But what happened after that, he was pitching on it in pain. And you can see him. He's an overstrider. He's, he's trying to get that little extra on that slider. He threw the Altuve and then snapped. That's where I think he broke his leg. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's, that's what, um, after sort of reading some articles and, and taking a look at it, there's just no way he would have gone out there and actually pitched with a broken leg. But obviously, when he broke it on that pitch, he was grimacing. He was down. He was out. He, he couldn't try another pitch after that. So he obviously went out there with a lot of pain, mate. Uh, like you said, we've both been there. We've had balls hit off our shins hard. You know, all of a sudden, this huge contusion. So from what the x-rays, I don't really know. You know, the radiologist was able to check it out and, and determine that. And they didn't have much time to do that in between innings. But I guess they uh, said, hey, you, you know, you got a bruise. How do you feel? He decides he wants to go back out. He goes back out. And when he puts all that pressure on that leg where he'd been hit, and it then gives way and breaks on that yeah. pitch. I uh, I used to have issues. I had this you know chondromalacia in my, in my knee, like the cartilage is all messed up because I I was I hyperextend my knee every time I pitched. Verlander does does the same thing. You watch Charlie mm. Morton, he gets right down. He's got that big stride and he gets right down there. There's so much uh, force on that front foot on that foot strike when when you have that foot strike that you're putting again, all that body weight on it too. All that body putting weight, all the body yeah. weight. Yeah, and they say six times your body weight down the mound too, four times on a, on a flat, six times down the mound. So he would have had the bruise in pain. It's frigging painful, but you know what? It's the World Series. You just fight through it. And then sure enough, you see the way he reacted, he threw that pitch, tried to get a little extra, whatever it was on that pitch, and then boom, he, he goes down and grabs his fibula, which he ended up fracturing. That's when I think he, the fracture came about. Have you ever yeah. pitched, man, in, in a situation where you're just – you're just trying to pitch through pain, some sort of injury. I remember getting drilled in the leg in the minor leagues in the shin. And yeah, just a huge, just kind of finished that inning and then um, finished the inning. And then that was it. I was done. I was a reliever. So I was kind of done. Yeah. Huge contusion on the leg. I've had, um, you know, some stuff with the rib cartilage before where that just, oh, that's grimacing, you know, other than, you know, just the body itself just being sore, but nothing, nothing too, too crazy, I suppose. I was pitching in uh, Taiwan, dude. I was sick as a dog. Like, I could yeah. barely get out of bed. But I was like, yeah. you know, I, I have to pitch. For some reason, I'm just like, you know, I'm, I'm pitching, uh, whatever. I got diarrhea. I'm throwing up all day. Get out there. I'm yeah. so dehydrated. End up going sick. Shut yeah. out. <laughs> it, was, it's, it was. It's funny. And you, it's funny the focus. I believe. I've, I mean, I've been in that situation too with the colds and just like run down. Like you said, you're not feeling good at all. You go out there and you seem like you just seem to focus more that day because you you know that you're, you're struggling. So your focus is there more. You're not overthrowing because, you you know, you don't really have the energy for it. Right. And everything just seems to fall into place. You seem to have some good gains. As, <laughs> as crazy as it seems, it, it works out that way. Oh, yeah. And and again, man, anything with that front leg, like whether it's a, you know, like fibula, like you cop that bruise on, on that front, on that landing leg or especially the knee, I had all kinds of knee issues. You can take some time off, go on the IL. When you come back, you're always so hesitant because you just don't want to feel that sharp pain again. And yeah. so I remember coming back from any kind of knee injury on that front leg, and I'm, I'm throwing five miles an hour slower. I'm like, I feel fine, but you just go slower. You know, there are your brakes. You got to throw against that resistance on that front leg, and you just slow down because you just don't want to yeah. feel that pain again. Your, your subconscious just says, screw you. I'm going yeah. 70% here regardless of how you feel. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It just takes it takes a little bit to get back, but then once you you come back, it's just like an arm injury. I mean, I've come back from Tommy John and shoulder surgeries and all those types of things, and you, you're always a little hesitant. Once you let it go, and you're like, oh, no pain there, boom. There's no going back. You know, you just you let it fly. So now speaking of coming back, we have our first guest, MLB All Star, joining us very soon. 
Yeah. As long as you send him the link, I hope. Yeah, mate. No, nah, I shot the link over. Um, oh, hang on. Did I? <laughs> Sorry, mate. Let me shoot it over to him now. I've been waiting quick. for him, man. It's Kirby Yates. It's your buddy. You, you, he came up 2014, came up to the race. Yeah. You took him under, under your wing. He's going to join us, man. A great story. 2019 All-Star with the San Diego Padres. He's with the Blue Jays this year coming back from, from surgery. So what a crazy uh, story, though, man. He got to the big leagues when he was 27. Yeah. Forever. He got drafted in 2005. Didn't yeah. sign. 26. So late round, a 26 round. Goes to a Juco. Yeah. And then he, he basically signs with the, with the Tampa Bay Rays in like 09 as undrafted free agent. And then he meets you. He comes across you, twenty fourteen. Finally, gets to the big leagues. Yeah, yeah, I know. He, uh, I mean, look, looking at his numbers there in the minor leagues too. He, he racked up some numbers. He moved up each year. He's been called up two thousand fourteen and comes into spring training. And uh, yeah, I got to meet him there. It was my second stint with the Rays. You know, Hawaiian guy. So um, yeah, I just enjoyed talking to him. Easy going bloke. And um, yeah, we clicked and, and got along well. And yeah, mate, it was uh, ever since then we've we've always uh, kept in touch and talked throughout his career. Yeah, I can't I can't wait to talk to him, man. It's been fun watching him. The first thing I'm going to ask him, though, Grant, is what was it like having you in the clubhouse? Because I mean, we, uh, we listen to you. Yeah, obviously, we go on with all the Aussie stuff and everything else. But everyone listening to this really only knows you either from this podcast or watching you pitch. And you're yeah. an absolute maniac when you pitch, right? We all know that. Yeah. And you're a different dude off the field. So I can't yeah. wait. I need to ask you, man, when you rolled in 2014, you're 27, you're a rookie, and there's Grant Balfour, and apparently you took you took him under your wing a little bit there for the first couple of years. So I'm excited to ask him about that. Yeah, mate. Yeah, that'd be good. I, yeah, I'm excited to see what he says. <laughs> One thing, too, I mean, this guy made an all-star team t- 2019, which is crazy, man. When you, you talked about some of his numbers in the minor leagues. Had to put up yeah. some good numbers where you constantly, if you're in that situation where you're either a late – round pick or you're an undrafted free agent you're not a prospect so you basically have to prove to people that you belong or that you could be a factor especially with the tampa bay rays think about it man and you've dealt with this too they've constantly got even from when they went to the world when you went to the world series with them in 2008 it's nothing but big time prospects their farm system's always been legit so imagine many many guys like kirby yates coming through that we just got all these uber prospects you just got to yep. prove yourself over and over. It's freaking hard, man. It's hard enough to spin in the minor leagues, you know, and having to move up the ranks. But yeah, mate, just obviously knowing that uh, the the minor league system with the Rays is super, super strong. They've got a lot of depth. I mean, look at this year alone. It was crazy. I think they won like three or four different leagues. If you go on and search it, um, you'll see they won AAA, uh, I think single A, a couple teams. Like, they were the best minor league record. It was crazy the amount of games they were winning. So they're uh, definitely a tough minor league system to uh, to move up through. And especially now, obviously, you know, the last five or ten years, a team like that, that they base so much on analytics and non-baseball players running the show. We've seen that all over baseball where a guy like Kirby Yates, on paper, how does he look? You know, what does he do well? Like, you know, how does his ball behave, everything else? as opposed to some kid throwing 97 who can just get these swings and misses and everything else. But yeah, it's crazy, man. And then you look at 2019 makes the all-star team, which is amazing. What he's in his early thirties gets a late start to the big leagues. And I was talking to you about that. I said, what, what, yeah. you know, what changed for him? What was the difference? And you were telling me talking to him, he, he started throwing that split, which is filthy by the way. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm even more curious, but yeah, he uh, he was a fastball slider guy. You know, his out pitch was a slider back then when he was with us with the Rays. He always had a good fastball and he hit it really well, but he would always go, you know, primarily to that slider for a strikeout. Yeah, I did ask him later on after he had a little stint there with the Yankees and the Angels when he got to San Diego, what was the difference? And he said it was that splitter and um, that's what took off for him. Yeah, man, I can't wait for him to get through that rehab. I know he's at the tail end of it. Oh, here he is. Here he is right now. He's calling in. Let's get him in here, man. And uh, I don't want to have to listen to you all day. Thanks for sending me the Zoom link. All right, here we go. I'm going to bring him in. All right, Kirby. First thing I need to know, man, is uh, you came up to the big leagues in 2014. You've got Grant Balfour as a teammate. Fill us in, man. What kind of teammate? What was Grant like in the clubhouse? We all know he's OCD. And he's a bit of a strange dude. We've seen him on the field, but fill us in, man. What was he like in the clubhouse? 
so like I got to meet him in spring training, right? And you walk into the clubhouse. It's I think it was my second big league camp, so you're a little accustomed to it. But I never met this guy. I just know him as the closer and the guy that's screaming at people on the mound. I'm like, dude, what is this dude gonna be like? <laughs> He's one of the nicest guys to me. Just like you know, kind of being a young guy, you kind of be quiet or whatever. But he was always holding conversation with me and stuff like that. So. When I got to the big leagues, it was kind of an easy transition because we always already had like a little built-in relationship and it kind of, you know, it's grown to where we still talk today. So I'm grateful for him. You know, he's one of those first guys that kind of took his arm around me and kind of showed me the ropes. So loved it. Grant, do you, do you remember do you remember meeting Kirby in that first spring training at 2014? Be honest, dude, because you were big time, man. Yeah. We all know it. Ah, uh, mate. No, I was, I was never big time. I was never, uh, I never got as big <laughs> as what Kirby is. Uh, now, mate, he's uh, he's buddy. No, it's it's awesome to see. Honestly, um, you know, I'd had some time in the big leagues, and uh, you know, my first year being two thousand one, and and sort of being around some older guys, and and for me, it was uh, Eddie Goldado that uh, if you remember Eddie, but he was uh, everyday Eddie. They called him. You know, he could just a rubber arm lefty come in and and uh, and shut games down. But he always just told me, he said, mate, you know, when you when you get to point I'm at one day. Hopefully you'll uh, you know sit there and take take care of one of the boys and and uh, so I enjoyed it. Kirby's a great guy and um, it's just awesome to see where he's got to in today's game. I got to say too, and obviously we're both Australian, but but Grant, I, I got to say, man, you kind of did that with me. I didn't know Grant that well, and I got big league rule five to the Twins. Didn't make the team. I was just like, I'm sitting there in spring training. Going, what the fuck am I doing it? He, he no said he, he kept saying that. he thought he was a make a wish kid. Just yeah, going to I did. <laughs> I swear to God, I did. But he, dude, he drove across the state to pick me up at three o'clock in the morning, man. That's how he was for sure. Kirby, have uh, you done that since since you've you know gone on and had some some serious success lately? Has there been like some, a young player, obviously your time with the Padres, that you have sort of taken under your wing, or someone come up and you, you've been the, the done the bow for on them, or what? Yeah, I mean, you, I was trying to be nice to everybody. I mean, the Padres, we had so many young guys keep coming up. You know what I mean? So. I would kind of do the grant too, where you harass them a little bit, make them laugh, make them, you know, like, oh my God, these guys are making fun of me. But then you kind of bring them back up and then bring them into the group and make them feel welcome. Um, you know, there's a few guys. Uh, I never really like, I just tried to be friends with them, you know what I mean? And, and just kind of help them along and get them comfortable so that they can ask me questions. And, and sure enough, they did like Cal Quantrill and some of those other guys that have kind of yeah. moved on. Like Trey Wagenter was a big, tall dude that was in the bullpen that, Fortunately, he's going through Tommy John too right now, but he's on his way back that we still talk. And we had some conversations with that. We kind of have that, that relationship still, but for the most part, it was a lot of those young guys, man. Um, and, you know, I was one of the older pitchers and by just being 31, 32 years old on that team, we didn't have a whole lot of those guys. It was like me and Salmon were the only ones. So they didn't really have anybody else to kind of go to. So they would come to us and, you know, that's just kind of how it was there. Do you feel like, too, 2014, I don't know how it was. I, I came up in 2007, and the whole, if you're a rookie, keep your mouth shut, you know, just tiptoe around the clubhouse. Same as Grant, too. When he came up, he was around all these salties. You come up in 2014. Do you feel like – did you feel like it was like that in 2014 when you came up? You're an older dude, though, and I want to talk to you about that in a second. And then in 2020, even 21 now, do you feel like there's been even a change in that, in that time, or is it still keep your mouth shut, or is it different? No, it's completely different. I mean, <laughs> when I came up, like, I felt like it wasn't even that bad. You know what I mean? But it was still like, hey, don't do this or else. You know what I mean? And it's just not the same anymore. Maybe that's good. Maybe that's bad. I don't really know. I'm not there to yeah. judge. I do know that I try and treat rookies the way that I was treated because I thought it helped me throughout my career. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I don't, I don't necessarily, like, I see you doing something wrong. That's probably going to cause a little bit of harm. Maybe down the future, I might go up there and say, Hey man, you should probably think about this a little bit. You know, hopefully yeah. it helps. Yeah, for so. sure. You came up and we talked about you're, you're 27. You got a late start. So what, what was it like? What in the minor leagues, was it just not happening for you early on? Did you feel like at some point, right? Those years before you, because 27 is late. We all know that to, to come up. Did you feel like were there those points in your career where you're like, Oh, this is just not going to happen. Well, I got into like uh, pro ball a little later, right? So I, I didn't really get into pro ball until about 22 because I went to college. I had Tommy John. I missed two years and then I pitched two more years on that. So like my first year, I was in, I was a 
I think I was 21 or 22 in rookie ball. You know what I mean? Playing with a bunch of 18, nine year old, yeah. uh, 18 and 19 year olds. And I just kind of progressed my way up one year at a time. I never really got like on that fast track and then spent two years in AAA and then got called up. And it's just kind of how that timeline worked out. But, you know, I'm sitting here 34 years old coming off my second time of John, but I don't feel like I'm yeah. really old because like, I don't, I haven't logged like, 15 worth 15 years worth of big league innings you know what i mean it's only yeah Yeah, that's a good thing that's a good thing going into this year for you being a free agent now you're um you know you've got a lot of experience even though you haven't maybe logged that many innings so to speak you've missed a couple years the last two years you've still had a lot of experience there um in different roles in the bullpen i think you've you've kind of been a short guy you've been a closer you've been an elite closer you've been probably the number one closer in the game, actually, and heading into free agency there back in 2020 after the 2020 season where you've run into some injuries. Obviously, I just want to, you know, highlight some of the years you had down there in San Diego. I know you kind of took on a splitter. Do you feel like when you took on that pitch that your career turned around, what was it you think that clicked when you got to San Diego? Was there something there that you did different? Yeah, I think after the Yankees, like, so the Yankees season, I felt like I threw the ball really well, too. I just had that one, like, horrific month, you know what I mean, where you just go out every day, and it's just, like, yeah. whack, 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 and you're like, I don't know, I don't know what to do. And so, like, after that year, I kind of, that's when I moved to Arizona, I bought a house in Arizona, kind of started working out more, and um, it was kind of like everything just kind of came together at the same time. Like, I didn't like my slider anymore, because I felt like every time I threw a slider, it got killed if I threw a bad one like I could go out there punch out two dudes like give up a blue pit and hang a slider and I give up two runs and like I threw the ball pretty decent I made one mistake but it got hit out of the ball uh, and I felt like that was happening all the time so I was like I'm over the slider I think I can throw a split and kind of worked on it all off season Um, and then when 17 came around like I was filling with it and like with when I was with Anaheim and you know, it'd be good one day, bad one day. And, 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 you know, the hard part when you're trying to make a team is you can't really suck. And, you know, yeah. I had a few games where it was off and I sucked and, you know, that ended up happening, but like right from the get go, I was like, all right, this is it, you know? And I just knew that, you know, if I can get this down, I, I think it complements my fastball even better. Cause I always like guys didn't really necessarily hit my fastball all the time. You know, I mean, like when my slider sucked and I had to throw you know, 11 fastballs in a row is going to get hit at some point. But so with that split, I think it just complemented my fastball so well. And, you know, it, it's weird because once my split started getting really good, like my fastball command got really good too. And it's yeah. like, so they both just started kind of going up to those levels to where it's like, all right, now I can really go out there and dictate at bats and not like fall behind and not get into the situations where I just have to throw a meatball right down the plate and have the guys freaking, you know, licking yeah. their chops and swinging out their ass. And, you know, that's kind of yeah. what separated everything. So on that, just on the speed, is that something you threw like back in the day and you just kind of had it in the back pocket or did you have a, some coach come up to you and say, Hey, listen, man, try this out, throw a bullpen and go, Oh, that, that, that looks good. You should run with this. So a lot of like teammates I had through splits and I kind of got them all in like their grips or whatever. And yeah. I would play around with it sometimes playing catch. And, and I was like, it just felt comfortable. Right. And I was like, I could probably throw this put, uh, pitch, but like you never, when you're in the big leagues and you're like, you're kind of doing okay, you're not going to change something. And, yeah. you know, I was like, all right, my slider has been good for a while. And then I just got to that point where like, all right, I'm tired of like getting pissed off and getting hurt on my slider. Yeah. I always remember you, Kobe, you know, with, like I said, you, you go out there and throw that fastball and no one really hits your fastball. I mean, he, his fastball is one of those fastballs. It was kind of guys didn't really pick it up. They didn't really see it to me. You know, you hit it really well. And like you said, and I remember you throwing a slider, you know, you go to put away. I see what you're saying. Instead of getting wider over the plate, now you've sort of stayed over the plate and you throw on that splitty right off of that fastball. And everybody knows when you got a good fastball and you throw a split right off that fastball and that thing just, you know, disappears, it's hard to hit. I mean, because it's going straight down. You can't get that little bloop shot where you can sort of poke the bat out anymore because once it's gone down under the bat, it's all over. doesn't matter how long you keep the bat in the zone for. That, for me, is like have an angle on a fastball. When that ball crosses, that's it. That's that one shot you had. It's gone. It shows it right here. I mean, I'm looking at your numbers, and like 
you know, obviously 2017, you say you took the the splitty on and like you, you know, your numbers were good before. It's just that like they're eye popping once you get to yeah. seeing the splitty and the fastball uh, molded together there. You know, you're punching out, you know, one and a half an inning, over 100 strikeouts, which is crazy as a reliever. We we talked about that with Liam Hendricks. He, he had over 100 strikeouts this year. And obviously, you're all the way up the top there. You led the league uh, with 41 saves there in 2019. And I know you had 12 there in 2018. When was it that they sort of said to you, hey, Kirby, here's the ball and we want you to close? And when you sort of felt like you ran away with that job? Yeah, so they traded hand, hand was closing, right? And I was kind of doing the setup thing. It's just pitching the eighth inning. And it was, you know, they were, they did it like a couple times where they wanted hand to go pitch the eighth inning against lefties. You know, we we're all kind of shaking your head, like, well, what is going on? And then, you know, you get the ball in the ninth. And, I kind of, you know, you kind of have that feeling like once they traded Brad, like everybody just slides, you know, normally everybody just slides back an inning. You know, I got the opportunity and then I got a. I think what helped is like, you know, I got a couple chances like right away and converted them and, you know, had pretty clean innings and it's just kind of ran with it from there. And, you know, when I went into 19, I was like, all right, this is what you'd work for your whole career. You're, yeah. you know, you're back in, you're back in closer. And like, I came out the gate hot, man. I got hot really quick. I mean, I think I, we left April I had like 14 saves or 15 like it was some crazy number that it just seemed like every day you're going in to close a ball game and, and just like got it done so you just tried to ride that wave for the rest of the year yeah. and I kind of did you know yeah. so it was cool it was a lot of fun people will obviously knew your name you're a big name in San Diego you're pitching in a stadium that's got a lot of buzz obviously they'd started to spend a lot of money down there there had to be a lot of fun going out there throwing oh, and yeah. games out Ryan and I got a chance to come down there and watch you one night. Right. And we were, my, we had, uh, we had goosebumps when we watched you come in. It was electric. It was electric. Yeah, I've got, yeah. I got to admit that, Kirby. And yeah, before I dived into, I mean, because Grant talks about you all the time. The song comes on, yeah, because we talked about walkout songs a few episodes back and like yeah. the most epic ones. We talked about yours, Sad But True, Metallica. But, and you can, you can explain this one. You got the frigging eagle flying across the screen. So I'm sitting out there watching, going, oh, yeah. I didn't even know. I didn't know you're from Hawaii, by the way. I thought you're from like the south or something, like <laughs> driving a freaking huge pickup truck. And it dude, it was epic. But but you can tell the story, man. So the Padres kind of control that video a little bit. It's not like you said, "Hey, yeah. I need an eagle flying across. I need this. I need that." No. So like <laughs> they're they're really big on the entrance, right? Because of Trevor for so many years yeah. and Hell's Bells and made rock. So epic. Like they're once they started closing, they're like, "Hey, what walkout song do you want? I'm like, what's your walkout song?" And I'm like, "Bob Marley, Could You Be Loved?" And so they're like, "Okay, okay." And they would kind of like play this other song before, and then like you know, then play the Could You Be Loved like when I had like two warm up songs left. So I was like, "All right, they're kind of controlling it, whatever." And yeah. then we go to the thing and or go to. Um, to spring training in 2019 they're like hey can you you change your song i was like yeah all right i'll change it i'm like okay fine and i just came across that metallica song i was like i'll just pick this and that yeah. was that and, and you yeah, know all of a so, sudden, the flames are going up the eagle are yeah. you a metallica fan or you just sort of said oh hey this sounds this is good it's not i wouldn't say like i'm a huge fan i don't mind their music at all like i went to a metallica concert in chicago in 2017 at soldier field and it was like absolute dynamite it was right. probably yeah. by far the one of the better things i've ever done so it's not like i don't like their music at all but it's not like i'm walking into my car and i'm cranking metallica all the time either you know <laughs> yeah no kirby like you said he's he's from uh Hawaii over there. It's it's pretty chill, right? So yeah, I it just seeing him rocking uh yeah, Metallica. You're proud of him, Grant. Oh, yeah, young Grant Balfour. <laughs> I said young Grant yeah. Balfour rocking out to some Metallica coming. So you're the you're yeah. the polar opposite to Balfour coming into a game in the ninth inning, pretty much. Not necessarily. I think the weird thing is it's kind of like similar personalities to where we're pretty relaxed when we're not pitching, but once it's go time, right. it's like right. you get turned up a few times and like you yeah. know what I mean? Like I get in modes where I'm cussing dudes out and like doing that same thing. I don't do it. Like I think Grant might've been a little bit more aggressive than me sometimes, but you know yeah. what I mean? But like, 
for the most part, I think our personalities are really similar when we get on the mound. Like, yeah. you know, I cuss myself out all the time. I'm yelling like at myself. Like a bulldog out there. Like a yeah. bulldog. Like that, like that thing sitting between your legs down there, mate. That, <laughs> that uh, chubs. Little, little chubs. Chubs. I'm not talking about that. We're talking about chubs, you dog. <laughs> I all know, those kids out there. But was, um, I got to transition into this. So this Kirby's nickname is Chubb Senior. I'll let Ch- Kirby tell the rest. I mean, I got, I went actually a rookie year in 2014. I drove across the state. I got a little bulldog. His name's Chubbs and yep. been with me ever since. And it's kind of like my little best friend. And we're doing players weekend. I'm like, I'm going Chubb Senior. Let him know who's boss, that he's junior. <laughs> he's not senior. <laughs> yeah. So when you said you're driving across the country, where were you living? In Arizona? Well, I, I, I drove across the state. Sorry, not the right. country. I went right. from across like the... from Tampa to Fort Lauderdale. Gotcha. Picked them up on the all-star break and brought them back. Chewed oh, no way. Enti- chewed up my entire apartment that year. And, you know, had to, <laughs> they, they, they took my deposit because of Chubbs, which is, I was like, all right, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously you're coming back from injuries, but 2019, 2020, San Diego, they had some exciting years, you know, those last couple of years, Fernando, Tatis, and, you know, there was such a buzz down there. And they went through that rebuild and you were sort of at the tail end of that before they started adding players and everything else. Talk to me, man. First of all, everyone is obsessed with Fernando Tatis, but yeah, for good reason, right? I mean, you got a front row seat to him. T- tell us about him in the clubhouse, you know, as a teammate and all the other things you don't quite see besides the bat flips. Yeah, I mean, he's listen, he's a great kid. I loved him. Uh, I thought he was absolutely awesome every minute I spent with him. And then to see kind of, it was amazing to me how quickly, like, I mean, when I saw him in 18 at spring training, I'm like, geez, this is a little kid. And then saw him in 19, he was still had that kid. He, you could tell he was kind of growing. And, you know, he had a phenomenal year when he was on the field. He's electric. I mean, he's as, I mean, I've never seen a baseball player like him personally. Yeah. And then when we came back to 2020, it's like the amount of weight that he puts so People don't understand how big he is. Like yeah. he's a big dude, man. And yeah. he's so quick, so athletic. He's, He's like a phenomenal baseball player first. And then he's secondly, he's like an even better athlete. You know what I mean? Where most guys are like phenomenal athletes that make themselves good baseball player. This dude is a top-notch baseball player from the get-go and, and his athletic ability is second to none. And then kind of had, had the same kind of similar thing with Vlad Jr. I coming over, getting a chance to, to be around him. Obviously you had TJ this year, so you didn't get a chance to play this. It was an exciting year for the Blue Jays, man. It was crazy. Yeah. But um, the same thing with Vlad Jr., I'm guessing. I mean, just I, I couldn't imagine, man. Obviously, we get to see him playing and, and I cover him, you know, watching games and everything else. But just when you get a front row seat like that and see how these, got these you know, these young players do their thing. Yeah. I mean, I like Vlad Jr., so I, I never really saw him, like, before the weight. Like, we played against him, you know, when he, he lost a bunch of weight going into the season. And, like, talking to guys, I was like, is, is it going to make that big of a difference? Or, like, no, you don't understand, like – his bat speed is going to be off the charts or whatever. And I mean, dude, this dude hit 20 homers on the backfield in spring training. I swear to God, he was just tearing apart the Blue Jays on pitching. Like it just, my kids go go to school over there. So they were putting dents in the, in the school over there (laughs) on the backfield. (laughs) I mean, every time like they'd have a game and they'd, you know, you could like their complex now at the Blue Jays, the spring training is unbelievable. So like when they had backfield games going or whatever, you got feeds on every TV, right. Of like what's going And I swear every time I saw Blatty up the bat, he's hitting a ball and like, you only see like the ball hit, you know, it's not like panting to where it goes and you just see him hit it and hold it. And you're like, Oh my God, where did that ball go? And it seemed like every time he made contact, he was hitting a ball 500 feet and you go and ask people like, Hey, where does those hit? He's like, they're like, dude, he's hitting them halfway up these big nets on, on just line drives. And then like, it was apparent from the get go, like once season start, like a week or two in, it's like, Oh my God, this dude's a monster. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he's putting up some big numbers. Obviously, he was challenging there for MVP. And yeah. even at one point, uh, we were talking about Triple Crown, I think, weren't we, Ryan? Yeah. You know, uh, it sucks because, like, you, you know, you, you can't give it to him, right? You got to give it to Shohei. I mean, just, yeah. like, the guy's got such an advantage in that award. But, like, Flatty's yeah. probably going to have the best year ever without winning an award, that, that award, you know? 
for sure. I mean, yeah. you can't. He was so close to winning a triple crown, and it just you can't really give it to him. And I and I feel bad for him, but it's just you know he'll be all right. <laughs> I think he'll be all right. He'll get another crack at it. Hey, you, so you're saying so before he even lost the weight, everyone was saying, hey, or when he came in, he lost the weight. People were sort of worried. Oh man, hey, he's too slim, or he's lost some power, or something like that. Who was it saying no. that? Oh no, no, wait, watch his bat speed. He's going to be fine. It's just all the guys that played with him in like double A yeah. and stuff like that that I played with them all the time. They were just saying like, "Hey, man," because I was asking questions. I was like, "Is it going to make that big of a difference?" Because I was the same way. Like I, I never, you know, I haven't really seen them and stuff like that. But you know how guys sometimes they lose weight and you know it's concerning exactly, because yeah. right and they're yeah. like, no. they get slower. Yeah. And I mean, it was apparent early. Like we're two weeks into spring training, and it's like, oh shit, yeah, this dude yeah. is yeah. going to bang. Standard. Well, Tommy, Tommy here. You're you're in the middle of uh, at the hopefully the back end of Tommy John here. <laughs> I know you're rehabbing. Um, I know you've been through the last couple of years has been probably some of the tougher years for you, mentally, physically. Uh, but I can tell you, just knowing myself, I've been through missed a couple of years back to back or a year and a half, and I can tell you, it definitely will make you mentally stronger and make you hungry to want more. I'm hoping that uh, the right team this year will, will realize what's out there and what's available, and um, you'll latch on to somebody and, and run with it, Kirby. I, you know, I, I'm in a really good spot. I feel like my oval feels great. You know, yeah, it sucked. I would say I was probably in the dumpster for maybe a month, month and a half. But you know, once you start getting into it and you start kind of rehabbing. And, I think the best thing I did is I went to Texas to rehab for four and a half months at my place and I got away from the team and I, and that was something I didn't want to do. But like, once I got away from the team, I was like, okay, now I'm spending all my time with my wife and kids, you know, I'm still going to get what I need to be done. But now, you know, I get to be a dad, I get to be a husband and, you know, it wasn't the worst thing that happened to me because I got to spend four and a half straight months. It's like, you know, and I'm going on two years now spending with my kids where they're, you know, their ages right now are three and four. And those, that's time you just can't get back. You know, as baseball yeah. players, we're gone so much that yeah. now, like, I have a real strong relationship with my kids and everything. And, you know, that's something that I'll, you know, I'll always cherish for this, this yeah, happening yeah. to me, you know? Yep. And I think, too, once you get away from the team sometimes, uh, I notice myself, you know, sometimes when you're around the team, you feel like you're letting guys down. You're not able to get on the field. You get away. You focus on yourself and what you need to do to get ready to come back yeah. to be Kirby Yates, the closer, and one of the elite relief pitchers, closers in the game that you are. So now you're able to do that and uh, get your head right, get your body right. I know you're working hard out there in Arizona, and I'm uh, looking forward to seeing you next year, mate. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm grinding, man. I'm trying to get Jack. I'm trying to get Jack like you, Buck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, yeah that, by the way, I, I'm going to tell a story before I let you go, man. When years ago, Grant was driving up to Newcastle, where I live, right. By the way, if you ever go to Australia, I know, you, I know you're into surfing, whatever, go to Newcastle, you'd love it. Uh, anyway, but yeah. um, he was driving up. I said to my sister, I said before he, hey, before he walks in the door, I said, hey, tell him he looks skinny. Like this, I was just, I was just messing with him. He didn't. He was all jacked, you know. The off season getting after it. She comes. She's like, I'm not going to say that. You know, that's stupid, whatever. So we, we sit down, chat for a bit, and then as we we're leaving, she goes, "Oh, hey, by the way, too, uh, Ryan told me when you were walking in, uh, oh, you look skinny. So you know, you look whatever. It's just like that, dude. This dude didn't. The rest of the night, he's like, oh, do I look skinny? Do I look slim? I'm like, dude, relax, <laughs> man. You're, you're good. <laughs> remember we went to the gym for a fucking hour and a half the next day well we're supposed to no it was that night man we're supposed to like oh, play night. catch right. go to the gym hang out go for a swim at the beach whatever this dude is in the gym for three hours i'm like hey man like we got shit to do here what are you doing it, it's, <laughs> oh. Sounds uh, like fucking good times mate good times awesome. <laughs> Kirby, i appreciate it man i'd love to have you back on at some point but uh, i appreciate you joining in and uh yeah, good just to get you reacquainted with uh, with with Balfour as well. So th thanks a lot, man. It was fun. Absolutely, anytime, anytime. Awesome. Thanks, Kirby. Appreciate it, mate. And um, good luck with uh, the rest of the rehab, the off season. Enjoy the time with the family. And uh, good talking to you, buddy. You too, buddy. Thank you. Yeah, God, what a legend, dude. Absolute legend. Yeah, mate. No, he's a top bloke. It's it's been great knowing him uh, back then, and just to watch him evolve from you know, being a rookie. 
and then uh, to where he was. And, you know, a special moment for me, especially with you, like we talked about, being able to go there and watch him pitch down in San Diego, watch him come in and just shut him out. You know, the guy uh, watching him work was impressive. Well, I hope I didn't offend you, man, because I said uh, I, I thought he's from like the South because of his walk. Oh, yeah. And you said he's from Hawaii. I was like, damn, right before we jumped on with him, you know, before, yeah. before we started recording this, this show. So, yeah, no, absolute legend, man. We'll have to have him back on. I know he listens to this and he, he's texted you and reached out and said he, he, he loves the show. So it's good to have him on. But uh, wishing him all the best. Crazy free agent market this offseason. We're going to d- dive into that. Seems like he's healthy. Hey, he did say one thing too. He yeah. talked about he went to Texas to rehab, right? And got away from the team. It's interesting. A lot of people say, well, why would you want to get away from the team? And you mentioned it to, to Kirby and, and I've been there too. You're on the IL. You're just taking up space. And you're sitting yes. there watching and it's just like, oh man, like you want to be around your teammates, but it's frigging hard to be there when you're not doing shit and you're not contributing, right? Yeah, it's hard when you're just sitting around and you want to be on the field and yeah, you know, teammates are kind of, yeah, not that they're, you, you feel like you're just taking up space in the clubhouse for guys that are there contributing on the field every day. So it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to look at, hard to watch the games when you want to be out there too. Yeah, he chose to go out there where he could sort of focus on himself and be around the guy and the, yeah. from where he had the surgery done. So I think it's going to benefit him. I know I've been talking to him, text him, call him. And he's uh, he's feeling great, and he's really looking forward to this upcoming season to to show his worth and, and what he's really all about, and get back pitching on the mound. I wanted to tell him to come up to Seattle, man. I'd love to watch him pitch, and I know the Mariners fans would, would love it too. But uh, he's going to be a bargain. You have that feeling like he's going to come back from that Tommy John, hundred percent. And someone's going to be, and a lot of people, you know, might turn away because he hasn't been pitching. Like you always see, to come back a little bargain and then get back to where he was in in uh, two thousand nineteen. That's the thing, you know, every year there's those, those certain guys that have come off injury or haven't had a good year and teams will pick them up and uh, give them a shot. You know, I think he's going to be one of those guys that's going to really make a big impact. As long as he's healthy, he knows how to pitch. And if he stuffs, you know, gets back to where it was, mate, he's a weapon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chubb Senior. Hey, um, yeah. <laughs> all right. So we need to transition. And we should have kept we should have kept Kirby on for this. I know he had to go. He's got some rehab to do or whatever. All right. So all right, we're going to transition into the Aussie segment. That's grass. And it's going to be a Halloween theme. We just had Halloween. Big deal here in the states. Australia's kind of catching on, and we're going to dive into something that we found yeah. uh, online here. But wait, we, I got to ask, man, what uh, would you dress up as? Yeah, mate. I uh, I had the footy shorts on, and uh, I had the footy gear on, mate. I went for full footy uniform. Uh, the missus, she was uh, dressed up as like a referee. Not, not, um, a, uh, not an NRL referee. Running. No, 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 no. In like, you know, your black and white. Judge. black Like the black and, white, black and white referee over here. Uh, <laughs> the kids, the uh, soccer gear and the, and the softball gear, like nice. um, out of a league of their own, the old school softball gear there. So, yeah, they had a great time, mate. How about oh, yourselves got, up there? I got off easy, mate. Well, first of all, uh, you know, little Lennox is two. He dressed up. He dressed up. He, we had a couple of little Halloween parties. So he had the Thomas the Tank Engine. You know, he loves yeah, his yeah. Thomas. Knows yeah, all the running. trains, the whole thing. Uh, but then he also, he he's was a rattler. With, yeah, he's a little <laughs> rattler, exactly. And then uh, he's obsessed with ghosts all of a sudden. We've been reading all these Halloween books. So he had a little ghost yeah. outfit on. I mean, I have to post some pictures, but uh, he did Cute. a good job, man. He was scaring everyone. And then and then, um, and then Kennedy, she, she loves the big cats, mate. Tiger King, <laughs> but she uh, no, but but Kenny was dressed up like a tiger, uh, and I yeah. I got off easy, man. I I just had the uh, the kangaroo from Target. There was a kangaroo outfit. Boom, Kenny just like, oh, daddy, that can be you. I was like, oh, this is too easy. It was oh, warm wow. too. I didn't have Beautiful. to get dressed up, you know, some yeah. you know some stupid outfit and, and walk around like yeah. a complete you know numbskull. But yeah, um, yeah. a couple of years ago, I was the Stay Puff Marshmallow from Ghostbusters. And it was one of those oh, yeah? things that like air blows into it. And I'm like, oh, this is great because I can just get in this suit. No one can see yeah. me. I can just act like a complete idiot. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, super uncomfortable though, mate, walking around that, in that state. Park. Oh, yeah. Oh, Especially up there that, that time of the year, mate. You're freezing, oh, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, that's probably, I was bloody freezing. <laughs> bloody frozen, frozen marshmallow. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. Made a hot cup of chalky, mate. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, hot, hot jockey. All right, so all right, that's grouse segment. We need to to pick up on some stuff that we found, some Halloween decorations oh, going yeah. on in New South Wales. 
right? Yeah. So basically, you know, the, the, these decorations, someone went over the top with these decorations and cops had to come come past and, and uh, say, listen, cut it out. You know, we had someone was trying to be over the top spooky. They had a body bag. Wrap, body bag wrapped with rope around it, hanging from the clothesline. Yeah. So made, made from garbage bags, foam and carpet. That's creative, mate. It was, um, it was very disturbing. Uh, just looking at the pictures here, it's pretty disturbing. And I can see why. Yeah, but, and the uh, cops, oh, mate, make you laugh. Had to, had, to, had, to, had to come along and say, you know, cut it out, would you? Yeah, fair you're enough. Taking, no, it, taking it too far. Taking it too far. But it's funny hearing some of these comments like... Uh, some people called it creative. Yeah. I like I like your wicked sense of humor. I gotta love Halloween. Someone wrote. Others weren't so keen. Yeah. <laughs> You're scary though, man. If you've got little kids, I will say this. Every time we're driving around here, and yeah, in, in the States they go over the top with um Halloween decorations. So we go, oh, yeah. try and spot the decorations. I will say, mate, like if we're walking down the street or driving around, little Lennox yeah. is too. Some of the shit's disturbing. I'm like, hey, like chill out, yeah. would you? It's over the top. Yeah, but with this, obviously, I love the clothesline. The fact they just got it hanging from the clothesline, they're probably oh, no. with, with you know the, the, the backyard. The but the clothesline, mate, I was just on the transition to that. Um, yeah. When I first got to the states, the dryer would just absolutely nuke all my freaking clothes. I was so used to throwing the stuff in the wash, hanging yeah. it, hanging it up. That was one of my one of my chores, mate. Hanging every, hanging the clothes out on the clothes. Oh yeah, line. put the clothes on, yeah, and then get them in. You get them I mean, in. Get them in the arvo where the sun's already <laughs> been on them. <laughs> but the, the thing is though i noticed like it's great you know you put them outside they get dry but then they're so crusty you know yeah. what i mean i think about it, you got yeah we never used to even throw them in the dryer. you just put those crusty jeans on you know right but now you know you throw them in the dryer for you know about 10 minutes just to soften them up <laughs> get them smelling good i remember but, like, um, oh, yeah, yeah good old clothesline mate Oh yeah, if it's like a windy day, all the dirt and stuff gets in there. You know? Yeah, no, but, I remember uh, we we used to have a dog that my dad brought home from, and it was you know it was like a, a mongrel that was just found on the streets every every day. Mate, my mum would hang the clothes out on the clothesline. This dog would jump up and rip the clothes down. <laughs> I came home from school one day. Mum told me, "Oh yeah, we we had to take the dog and take it to the farm." She gave me some story. I know today <laughs> they had to get rid of it. It was driving a bonkers, mate. I was just ripping clothes off the clothesline and chewing clothes up. Just a we menace. Used have, we used to have a beagle, uh, and his name was Jake. Smart friggin' thing, mate. He'd always dig a hole to the back fence. You'd <laughs> follow me to school. I'd Three be walking later. To, yeah, I'd be walking to school. I'd turn around, there's Jake. Follow me down. <laughs> get out. What are you doing here? <laughs> Uh, but uh, back, back to the um, back to the clothesline, mate. Like, it's so funny because you just bring up memories. I remember, like, where are you at? Oh, I'm down at the fish and chip shop. The fish and chip shop. Well, it's about to start bloody rain. You bring the clothes in. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. oh, that was That's my it. Job, you had to beat the rain. Yeah, that otherwise they just mate. stayed out there for another day. Yeah, you know, <laughs> storms would roll in in the afternoon. You're like, oh no, just, just drench clothes. Yeah, race home and get the clothes in. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my shirt? Well, it's bloody drenched because you left it out in the clothesline. <laughs> oh, it's oh, too man. good. Now, I, yeah, now I, I thought to... about putting one up here in Florida because, you know, we get some sunny days down here. I thought about putting one up, but uh, yeah, I'd. I'll hang some stuff outside from time to time, but most of the time, yeah, just using the dryer these days. Bloody bills through the roof. <laughs> <laughs> when we're on a baseball trip, we're up in Alice Springs, and um, oh yeah, we put our jerseys out. Just one of the, the every night that this is at Nationals, all the parents had. We had these yeah. brand new jerseys, mate, like brand new. Had the name yeah. on the back, the whole thing, and yeah. it was the parents' job. Each night, they they sort of split it up and and put them out on the clothesline. You know, yeah, yeah. sure enough, come back. One of them's put them up on the clothesline. Everyone's left. Come back, boom, jerseys are gone, mate. Someone's yeah. flogged them. Flogged them. <laughs> <laughs> You're kidding. So, come along and flogged a lot. But, wow. uh, but what'd you guys wear? You wear oh, just we had undersh- oh, backups. Yeah, backups. Just, just undershirts. Well, we had a, we had a, we had a blue jersey and a red jersey. So I can't remember uh, which ones were flogged, but we had to wear the red. Was, you you yeah. devoured, mate. You're so you're devastated because uh, that's yeah. another word of the day. But um, you know, you're young. You got your jerseys. You want to wear them proudly. You know, button down yeah. the whole thing. And some got your name on them. Yeah, mate. yeah, mate. The best, mate. No, well, if anyone out there's listening, they know where the jerseys are. 
<laughs> return the remote. Yeah, Marty Innes, mate, from Coffs Harbour. He got his flogged. Make sure you bring him back. <laughs> <laughs> He's never. You could have had that frame, mate. You could have had those framed if it oh, wasn't yeah. for that. We'll try and post some of these pictures that came up on this on this article. But I, I, I love the Halloween decorations. Go over the top. Some yeah. people get ridiculous. I get it. I love it. Uh, I mean, the, the cops had to come around and, and tell them to, to cut it out. But hey, if you do have any good decorations or Halloween outfits, whatever, throw them up, especially if they're Aussie. If they're Aussie themed, I'm going to put up a couple of years ago, mate, oh, Steve Irwin. It was classic. So Yeah, I remember here. seeing those photos. Those were great. That was my yeah, favorite. Was really it was too good. easy, mate. It was too easy. Now, I, the, yeah. the, the outfit's in storage, so I can't go back to it every year. But I had the, the, the khaki shorts, yeah. Australia Zoo shirt. Exactly, but it's comfortable, mate. I'm walking around. But, you uh, your King G's on, mate. Yeah, I had the King G's on, exactly. <laughs> walking around with a little fake croc on my shoulder. It was the best. But, yeah, uh, it was great. Hope everyone had a really good Halloween. It was good having Kirby Yates on the show. We're going to have some... I don't want to give it away, man, but we've got, speaking of all-stars, I think the next couple guests lined up are all MLB all-stars. So yeah. this is this is exciting, man. We've got, we got, we got a good lineup, mate. We've got an all-star lineup. There we you do go. have an all-star lineup. An all-star lineup. lineup. Yeah, that's right. And I know everyone in Seattle who listens, a lot of our listeners come from, from Seattle. Uh, you're going to love next week's. I'll tell you right now, you're going to absolutely love it, mate. Absolutely yep. love it. Grant, you, you've, you've never met this bloke. You may have pitched against him, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I don't um, want to give it away. Yeah, no, no, I uh, I won't say anymore. But um, yeah, definitely looking forward to to having him on, and uh, it's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be huge, especially for the Seattle Mariners fans up there, no doubt. Well, this has been fun, mate. Big thanks to Kirby Yates for joining us. Make sure you subscribe. Yeah, thanks, yeah big yeah, Yatesy. <laughs> we should. What we need to do, actually, we need to do this. We have to give them what their name would be in Australia. That's what we need to do. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Give them a name. It'd be it'd just be Yatesy, wouldn't it? Yeah, probably Yatesy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going with I'm going with Yatesy for sure. Yatesy. Yeah. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah, you should, typically you go off the last name. Yeah. All right. Before we get off, make sure you tell your mates about these shows. We're having an absolute blast. We've got a big off season coming up with free agency and a lot to get to. And make sure you subscribe. If you haven't subscribed yet, make sure you subscribe. We've got a huge lineup, like Grant said, an all-star lineup of guests coming up. It's gonna be fun, man. Thanks very much for all the listeners out there and um, keep sharing the podcast around. The more, the merrier. And uh, we look forward to it. Yeah. Jump on the Facebook group. I will try and get this clown over here, Grant, to get on. on, He's on, he's on Instagram, which is great. You've got to get over on that, on that top step community, mate. They're all waiting for you. We're having a blast over there. Jeez, mate. Facebook. (laughs) Find some room to get on that top step. All right, Grant. It's been fun, mate. I'll see you next week. All right. Good on you, buddy. See you, mate.